Hello everyone and welcome to Love in Your Life. This is Dola, your host. And today I'd like to reflect back a little bit because um, each time I interview someone, I, I really learn new things. Maybe not new things so much as in a new way. And I think that's what reading brings me and studying brings me and researching brings me and probably does the same for a number of people out there that are listening or even those that aren't listening. But what I was thinking about was how um, many of us believe that there's luck involved with people landing in the right place and space in life. And I'd like to say that I don't necessarily believe that that's true. And I don't think you would believe that if you were in your right mind either. And I don't mean to suggest that people are in their wrong mind. But, you know, if we go back to Course in Miracles, which is, you know, my go-to system um, that doesn't purport to be anything other than a system, one of thousands of paths to God, so to speak. But um, I, I know that in Course in Miracles, it says that, you know, if, if, we make we overcomplicate things and and we it it's simple it it's it gives us a very simple system that sometimes can be complicated because of the way we work you know we humans complicate things and very often it's unnecessarily because the principles are extremely simple for example of course a miracle says there's two emotions love or fear so we're either calling we're either giving love or calling out for love and if we're not in a good place if in our if we're in our wrong mind then we're calling out for love and we're being led by fear not love so it's just very, you know, if you put it in those simple terms, it, it really is simple. But the reason I bring any of that up is because, you know, we had a guest on here, Joe, last week. And, you know, I, 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 was, I was sort of um, charmed by the fact that there's, there are these people that sort of pay attention early on in their lives. And they kind of, they, don't, they wouldn't call it anything in particular. They didn't have any particular guidance any more than any of us did. Um, but somehow they paid attention. What did they pay attention to? They paid attention to themselves, what they liked, what they wanted to go toward. They were probably governed by love, not fear. They probably had an inner source, an inner confidence that came from that paying attention. Because again, when we're paying attention, we're showing ourselves self-love, right? We're saying, I want to do what you want to do. You know, what my soul's here to accomplish. They don't say it in those words. They don't give it that kind of language. But that's what they're doing. They're paying attention to their heart, to their soul. So with Joe, he even had a, you know, a vision of it. What was his vision? He had his father. His father was his model. So he had something in his head. He, they had a picture. It was a picture of his father. He had a suit on, um, maybe a, 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 not only a suit, but a, um, an attache case or whatever. And um, 
you know, he did fun things. What did he do? He connected with people. He did, he relationship built. With, throughout his career, that's how he fed his children because he built relationships over time. People knew him. He knew them. He associated with them on a professional level and a personal level by taking them out for, you know, a cup of coffee, a drink or whatever. And he liked that. He liked the way that looked. He also liked, I don't know if you caught everything but he also liked the fact that he paid the bills with you know a lot of kids it wasn't one or two kids right and um he not only paid the bills but he made life work for an entire family on this in this particular mode of work what he did what he how he sold so it it struck me as so charming that um, Joe looked at his dad, looked at the vision that he had for himself through his dad's mo- model, you know, through the model of his dad. And basically, you know, it was down to, like I said, the three-piece suit, the, the, the briefcase, the, 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 the relationships that he had after work that he, you know, was able to, but that he came home. Remember he said... He came home every night for dinner. That was important to Joe. So Joe is a family man in as much as he's a businessman, right? And I just wanted to point that out because I thought it was worth pointing out. I mean, I'm sure um, I'm sure it didn't all come through in that 20-minute, 20 27-minute segment that we did with Joe last week. But I wanted to really reemphasize that because I was learning while I was you know, tuning into Joe and his story. And that happens to me all the time. You know, every teacher learns, assimilates the information that they have, that they are being given for themselves first, and then they turn around and teach it to others so that other, they can enlighten other people. Because if you didn't hear that story direct, I want you to hear it from me kind of thing, right? Um, but of course, you can go back and, and look at that story because it was only an episode, you know, ago. So, so he had this image and and then he sort of, he used the words, I stumbled into a, my first job, my first position, whatever. And he knew that sales was the kind of, you know, backdrop. But he took a position that wasn't really sales. It was, you know, dealing in some kind of accounting field or, you know, I forget what the exact field was. But he did that for a while, earned a certain amount of money, and then was recruited for sales. And what did that entail? That entailed going back because he had to take a pay cut and again a lot of my clients who are transitioning in their career don't want to take this pay cut it's not you know to them they don't view that as a very positive uh, event in their lives they would rather not uh, have to take a pay cut because they've you know climbed the ladder so to speak they've taken the time to earn you know more uh you know stars and therefore they are worth x number of dollars more than you know when they took the job and I get all of that okay but Joe was willing right to take a pay cut not once only um but maybe several times in his career every time he needed to make a move for to go closer to his so-called dream now he wouldn't probably call it his dream I don't know maybe he would but it sounded more like a goal it's my goal to be in sales and uh, have a family that I can support in doing what I love doing what I like I don't know if he would have called it love. I don't know if he would have called it passion. But he certainly said, this is my vision for myself. So he had a vision. So 
so, you know, he stumbled into his first job. He got recruited. He got to sales. He said, wow, I got to sales, right? Somewhere in his mind, he he achieved the first level of his objective because he got where he wanted. He got in the direction of his dreams is how I put it, you know. And um, he had he developed some confidence from taking that position because it was like I said, something that he was going for. He knew that sales was what he wanted to do. So he, he you know, cultivates relationships. He, he does this over the course of time, sort of makes connections. And before you know it, he meets someone with whom he goes into partnership with. Um, and he knew very basic things. He knew that he loved being around people. He loved helping people get jobs. He, you know, he kind of just paid attention every step of the way. So um, he he met people through that sort of, um, you know, activity of his work, and he built those things. He built on those relationships, um, and. And he, he says himself, it's not work. And, you know, I often quote that, that, that line of, you know, find out what you love to do and, it, and you won't work a day in your life. And that's so true because um, when you're doing something you enjoy doing, it's not work. We, we associate work with a four-letter word. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's work, but there's another word too. And we don't like it. We, we, we think of it as a negative event in our lives, something we must do to put food on the table, pay the bills. And that's not what work should be. And I'm using that word should, even though I tell people never use that word should, <laughs> because I think that we have the wrong uh, idea of what work is. And um, if you'll just give me that, we can we can continue. Um, so so did he do this with no you know no hardships? Were there no? Of course, you can call a hardship a step back. You know, taking a uh, a pay cut that can be construed to be a, a hardship. The other thing is that he took. Um, a lot of economic hits um, in the course of this building, this uh, this employment business of his, um, with whom he got he he ultimately went into partnership, and then you know now is has done very very well for himself. But I I, I remember asking him you know, how he thinks people make hiring decisions, and I ask people very often, you know, to to think about that in the process of going for what they want to do and for really trying to aim toward what they love or what they like or what they enjoy doing. I mean, there are lots of ways you can, um, you know, position this uh this idea of being in a place in a space of comfort and enjoyment as opposed to you know we call it passion because we we that's the ultimate I want to be passionate about my work I want to have a job that I'm passionate about okay I want to go for my passion but really it's just what do you enjoy and if you were lucky enough just to digress for a second when you were young when if you were lucky enough to have parents or people around you adults that you respected maybe teachers someone that was able to feed back to you what you who you are what you love um, give you that feedback that you may or may not have been consciously aware of Joe was lucky enough to know you know he saw his dad he said that's what I want to do and he knew he loved people he knew he loved being around people most of us don't know a lot 
about ourselves growing up. But if somebody reflects that to us, say Joe didn't have that in his own mind, but his dad or his mom came to him and said, you know what? Joe, I notice you're great when you're, you know, talking to people. You have a great ability to connect. You, you know, people like you, you like them, you know, whatever the words were that of encouragement that he would need to start to formulate ideas in his mind about what is optimally his career direction. You know, it's so important, guys, because we do career for a long, long time. And we spend a lot of time with the people that we work with. And, um, and you know, more so sometimes than people we live with, our family, our, our the people we love. But we grow to love our people in at work, too, because of the time we spend there. So it's very critical that we sort of know what we love to do so that we could end up in the right, you know, direction, at least. And then sort of, you know, find our way through being in the right lane, you know, so to speak. Um, but if you're way off, think about, you know, those who are way off in their lane. And I, I have, do have a perfect example of that. Um, early on in, in the podcast, I interviewed a, a gentleman by the name of John who um, was very uncomfortable with what he chose to do. He did a great job of it, but it was at a, a cost in his in his estimation to his health, and that can happen. Uh, that can happen. So, so he, you know, to continue with Joe, he says, you know, that um, when he looks at people for a job, he thinks that he's weighing their personality, their intellect how they portray themselves, which is something a little bit different than personality, right? It's, it's a little bit more, um, more about culture, more about projecting how they fit in the, in the sense of what cultural fit are they, you know, as opposed to what their personality is. They can be very congenial, but not be, you know, applica- uh, uh, be uh, associated with a lot of uh, fields just because they have a great personality. They may have a uh, you know, a dislike or how are they portraying themselves as a dislike for a particular, um, you know, venue or a particular field or whatever. So he's, he's assessing this, how they portray themselves. And he says that that's the way he's sizing a person up. And sometimes he has to give them, you know, he, he does this to unearth uh, options that they may or may not have considered. So he does this to assist them in considering other options if he feels that they're going down the wrong road. You know, if just because you've been a uh, particular in a particular field earning a particular amount of money and you keep losing that job, but you're making a lot of money at this point, you know, should you consider a, a, a change? Because, gosh, you know, how are you going to justify that kind of salary in a new field when you haven't been proven like you have in the old field? Well, the old field may not be a, have been a fit, and that's why you keep losing your job, or that's why you keep moving. Um, you know, some of these things are very logical, but they, they, you know, they're they're not in our consciousness to assess in that manner. We're just putting one foot in front of the other every day, going to work and earning the money and putting the food on the table and then paying the mortgage. And that kind of stuff kind of gets away from us. And before we know it, we're 40 or 50 years old. And, you know, we're now we have to make a change. Um, so, you know, to avoid this stuff, uh, I liked that he said that assessments were not the be all and end all because an assessment only can take you so far. It tells you what kind of, you know, nature the person has, what they're good at, what they may be, you know, what their personality style may be, 
conducive for, but he's going beyond that. And he's looking at, you know, other things behind the surface, behind the personality. And he feels as though he has the ability to do that at this point with, you know, so many years behind him. And he feeds that back to the individual, whether or not they're receptive to it is, is another story. But, um, and then his, 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 um, his, advice to talk to as many people as you can the reason I think he said that was I think that we don't pick people's brains enough about what they think we should be doing or how they think we fare in a particular um you know uh space you know whether whether they think we're a fit and why not and being open and allowing people to being open to uh tell us straight what the what their feedback would be about us some of the feedback from emotional intelligence assessment for example does do that you know it does uncover and disclose some of the things about us that may be uh you know fatter for discussion about other options and so forth um you know a real heart to heart kind of thing but but joe says you know be willing to change and that's that's something i say to people all the time to transform yourself we're always transforming ourselves um that's kind of what life is all about is you know change and being open to change and um, paying attention and I love that paying attention thing I know I have to stop at this point but I may continue with the next podcast because I think it's so important that we are governed by our own self-care self-love self-image it sounds as though Joe had that in spades coming up in the world even with a, as a child with many you know siblings as opposed to being the only child uh, being doted upon by parents um, you know having had that benefit of you know total uh, attention from the parents I mean his parents couldn't be as attentive to him um, you know as a single as a single child right because they had to spread their attention to five or six kids I can't remember how many actually Uh, but I know most of them were boys because I know he only has one sister but anyway um, you know I thought it was really um, important to emphasize those lessons that both you and I learned by listening to Joe's story and the more you can listen and be open and willing to change and consider options I think really that's the only way to go you can't you know guarantee happiness otherwise if you're in a place where it's a poor fit and we talked about that you know the round peg trying to fit into a square hole um you know why be frustrated you know we spend way too long way too many hours and I know you know I beat a dead horse sometimes with this idea but I don't think we can hear it enough especially if we're not doing what we love and we're still in a place where we're just uh, satisfied or unhappy or just not you know uh, opt- optimally connected you know engaged in the work that we're doing because it's a poor fit for us and we're sitting there wondering what to do about it well you know I, I really am here to say I, I I think you need to consider your options and even as looking for a job is a full-time job and that's what we say to people and that's why we say that transition time is a perfect opportunity because you don't have a job Um, but 
even as that is the fact, I still say, you know, spend all weekend looking and considering and digging about yourself and creating a marketing plan and talking to people and networking and all of those things that lead ultimately to clarifying for yourself the, the position of, uh, that is best suited to you. Anyway, guys, I have to end it here. So I hope you remember that the only way to live is with love in your life, personally and professionally. Until next time, everyone, thanks for listening.